Your mission, Jim, should you decide to accept it. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Monday's mission. Here is your mission, should you choose to accept it. I want you to go on a dopamine fast. All right. So what in the hell are you talking about, Jason? A dopamine fast? How does that work? Well, all right, I got a little scenario for you. Imagine that you are at a restaurant with a friend, and you guys are having lunch, and your friend gets up to go to the restroom. What do you do immediately? Think right now in that scenario. Now, most likely you're going to have your iPhone handy. It's probably, unfortunately, because you haven't listened to me in previous episodes or read articles I've written, you probably actually have your iPhone turned face down because that makes it less rude. I mean, you're going to keep your phone handy, but if you turn it face down, that shows the person you're actually interested in them, right? Yeah, not so much. But you probably got your phone face down, and as soon as they get up, I mean, before their butt is even completely out of the seat, you're probably grabbing for the phone and looking at it to check Instagram, check your email, check texts. Why? Because you need that little squirt of dopamine. So here is your mission. I want you to implement a dopamine fast, fast from the dope. You can even start with just an hour. Just put your phone in another room, put it in a drawer, make yourself not look at any television. Don't listen to the radio. Try to go completely low tech off the grid for an hour and watch what happens. I did that this weekend and it was fantastic. I actually wrote an article in the uh, Vitruvian letter. No, 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 no. I did this post where I used this uh, episode of Seinfeld. I don't know if you guys were Seinfeld fans. I mean, most of you that are, you know, over 35 or so, you probably watched Seinfeld at some point, most popular sitcom of all time, the show about nothing. Well, there's this episode where David Putty and Elaine are flying from somewhere, and they're having a big argument And then eventually they get back together, and so they kind of make up. And Elaine goes to uh, read a book while Putty just starts staring at the back of the seat in front of him. And Elaine can't stand it. She looks over at him, and then she looks at her book, and she's like, are you going to read? And he's like, no. Okay. You're just going to sit there and look at the back of the the seat? Yeah. And she's like, she, she can't handle it. She's like, I can't do this. How can you just sit and stare into space? And the thing is, is... As much of a dimwit as Putty was on Seinfeld, he probably had it figured out. And so anyway, my, my wife, she sees this post that I did about Elaine and Putty and the importance of just sitting and doing nothing and fasting from dopamine. And she said, yeah, you just kind of stepped on my toes, didn't you? Because Mrs. Wright loves that iPhone screen. She is on it a lot. And hey, it was not some some sort of hidden message to her. I assured her. It was just for everybody. It was for me. And I actually took a, I went on a dopamine fast this weekend. I did like a couple of early morning posts, and then I was out. I had my phone away from me nearly the entire time. I tried to just sit and do nothing. Great example. I had to go pick up some food at a restaurant. And generally, when we're waiting for them to bring it out, you know, doing the curbside thing, what do you do? Scroll on your phone, listen to the radio. I turned the radio off. I kept my phone in my console and just sat there. And here's what it does. It it calms your mind and it saves those dopamine rushes and that those acts of concentration 
for when you really need them. If you're someone like me that has a hard time just sitting and reading for long periods of time, I mean, I love to read. I want to be an even more and more voracious reader. I've told you all before, I have a goal to read at least one book a week. But it can be a real challenge to sit and focus. And a lot of that is why, a lot of that reason why is because we are constantly asking our brain, hey, pay attention to this. No, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Our brains, this is something new for the, for, for the human brain. We used to have to actually walk through a different door. We had to get up and go somewhere to see a different country, to see different human beings in mass, to see all these different things. Now you can be scrolling on a phone and your brain is there going, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. but what do I pay attention to? You're showing, you're overflowing, you're, you're flooding me with all of this information. You're getting all these squirts of dopamine that you're getting addicted to, but what do you really want me to focus on? We're putting too much in front of our brain. It's like going to that buffet and eating until you're sick and really never knowing if you got the thing you really wanted. Does that make sense? So it's like eating too much to where you don't even enjoy the act of savoring the food anymore. Your brain is the same way. If we keep putting so much stuff, so much information, and and just getting all this dopamine from these little bitty squirts, eventually it doesn't know what to direct actual deep concentration on. So... Be okay without beating your brain with squirts of dopamine. When you're waiting in line, strike up a conversation or pay attention to your breath. Spend an evening sitting and looking at a wall instead of watching TV. This is so hard. It is so hard. But if you can just do like putty and just sit and just look at a wall, cut out any unintentional information or consumption, especially when between activities. If you want to be present and focused and have laser-like precision from one activity to the next to where you can kind of tee up a mind ready for a flow state, which is deep concentration. I mean, this is where you can literally 5X your output of work. If you want to do that, then between activities, do nothing. Give your brain a rest. When you're commuting from work, try not to watch or listen to something. Just walk or drive in silence. It will feel so weird at first. But then, as is always the case, your brain will adjust. Now, the more you do this, the more you'll raise your baseline for boredom. And that's what I want you to do. Leverage boredom. Boredom can be one of the greatest gifts. I actually, I think that's what that post was that I did this weekend. It was called, you know, leverage boredom. The more you raise your baseline for boredom, the easier it will be to focus on work and those things that really matter. The easier it is for you to focus on work, the more often you will get into flow and actually achieve your work goals. So here's what you should do. Here is how you deploy a a, a dopamine fast, a dopamine detox. Now, I got to tell you something. Dopamine is not bad. It's not something that should be invo- avoided entirely. In fact, there was an experiment done uh, years ago where they removed the, uh, the part of the brain that emits dopamine in mice. And what happened was it removed all of their desire. They, they no longer wanted Without dopamine, we don't want. Want is a means of survival. We have to want food to actually go eat the food, right? Our brain tells us you want this. When they removed 
that portion of the mouse's uh, the mice's brain, the then they they died, and then they even went to so far as like they gave them sugary foods that ignited a dopamine rush. But once it was gone, they enjoyed it. They savored it. Um, and normally, excuse me, let me back up. It normally would have led to a dopamine hit, but they didn't have the ability to create dopamine. So while they enjoyed the food, they never went back for more. And so they actually starved it. So we need dopamine, but we need to manage it. So here's an experiment for you this week. Here is your Monday mission. Start with just an hour, then do half a day, then do it for an entire day. Then see if you can do a full week reset. The starting point is the removal of all screens. Remove your phone, your computer, your TV, your smartwatch, all of it. Get it away from you. If you want to take it up a notch, you can remove substances like caffeine. Then you can remove stimulating foods. Get by on plain rice and chicken or tofu. And if you're really if you really want to dial it up, remove or limit sexual activity talking, reading, and music. I mean, just completely give yourself a stimulation detox. Now, here's the cool thing, and here's what I've already noticed just from kind of experimenting with this this past weekend. It's like anything else. Have you ever noticed if you do a, uh, if you do intermittent fasting or if you do a, like a longer-term fast, like a 36 or a 48-hour fast, whenever you go back to eating, it's almost like you you're tasting for the first time. You've, you get your your taste buds had this complete reset. They've been given a break, and it's so amazing because you you just everything tastes better. The smells are better. If you take some time off of drinking coffee, which is really hard for me, I love coffee. Not just from the stimulating effect of it. I actually use caffeine for concentration and and, and waking up. I think it's um it's beneficial. I don't abuse it. I've I've really cut back on it, but nevertheless, I use it. And, but also I just love the taste and the aroma of coffee. If I take a week off of drinking coffee, then whenever I put it back into my system or whenever I start drinking it, oh, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. So your concentration will be the same way. Now, if you can do this, here are some of the benefits. Focusing for hours on your highest priority work or on the dense book that you really want to read becomes so much easier. Now, don't be mistaken. This monk-like state of mind is not about letting go of your goals. It's not about transcending the need for material desires. Rather, it's about unlocking the upper echelons of peak performance, and that is the key. Who would you bet on? Someone who checks their phone first thing in the morning, checks their email 36 times a day, and can't sit still without pulling up Angry Birds? Or someone who can, with total contentment, be without any stimulation for days on end? The former doesn't even know their own mind. But consider the quality of the latter person's cognition. The space for creativity, breakthrough ideas, clarity, problem solving, and emotional regulation. After you do this, it will be much easier to implement what's next. Now, here's the the thing that I have really struggled with that I'm trying to get much better at. 
It's called monotasking. In some meditative practices, you might spend the entire day focused on a single thing, the rising and falling of your abdomen or breath. The extreme level of monotasking is a way to accelerate monk-like attention and depth. Develop a ferocious commitment to doing one thing at a time. I've mentioned in here before, one of the things that gets me through washing the dishes or emptying the dishwasher, two, two tasks that are so mundane and so mind-numbing that I just want to get through them as fast as I can. Anytime you're trying to rush through a task, try this exercise. Stop yourself. And using my example of emptying the dishwasher or washing dishes, say, no, stop, slow down. I am emptying the dishwasher. That's what I'm doing right now. You've heard, heard a million times, you know, that, and it is true. Multitasking doesn't work. When people say they are really good multitaskers, Mrs. Wright, I'm looking at you, it reduces accuracy, speed, and it diminishes the quality of work. And it causes the prefrontal cortex and the striatum to burn up oxygenated glucose, a fuel source that enables focus. Without the ability to focus, you can forget about getting into a state of flow. Equally threatening to the flow cycle is task switching. Task switching is when you focus on one thing at a time for a short period, say 10 minutes. Then you switch to something else for a little bit. And then you jump back to the first thing you were working on. That's, like, that's why it's so important to keep your phone out of the room whenever you're doing deep work. Because what will happen is, if, especially if you hit a, a point of resistance where something gets complicated, then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to resist going through that struggle phase onto the next phase where flow can actually start to take place. What you will do instead is when that resistance hits, you're going to want to immediately retreat and grab your phone and look for a dopamine hit. Because what you're doing is you're saying, oh my gosh, this is hard. This is a struggle. I want out. I want something that feels good. And then boom, you will go to your phone to get that dopamine hit as relief from the struggle. This leads to what researcher Sophie Leroy calls attention residue. She found that each time you jump from one task to the other, a residue lingers from the prior task. Think about it. If, you, if you're working on something, you do like I told you, you hit the resistance, and you go to your phone, and you go back to trying to concentrate on your work, you're probably going to think about that last cool TikTok video that you saw, right? I mean, it, it's, it's, very, it's the residue from the thing you switched to, and then you came back. It's still kind of lingering around in your mind. If you started the task with 100% attentional capacity, task switching drains that percentage, it's like putting your, bat, your, your, your cell phone in the sun. It drains that battery life, and it can do it as much as 10% with every switch. Cognitive load increases because you end up holding in working memory details about the other task. So therefore, performance decreases in kind. Here's the bottom line. What we need to do is get our minds reset. Just like if you go on an intermittent fast to get your body, like if like autophagy, right? Autophagy is where you will go on at least a 24-hour plus fast. We really don't know exactly when autophagy begins, and it's probably different for each human depending on what you eat, your body type, yada, yada. But at some point, if we can get into autophagy, then our cells get to rest and start to clean themselves, right? And they perform better. They stay younger because you just kind of let your body chill and relax. 
It's like I've come on here and talked about before that that's why the circadian rhythm is so important, keeping that clock functioning the way it's supposed to and not overloading it, letting it function the way it's supposed to. Our mind is the same way. In order to be truly present, truly focused, and most importantly, 